0: Okay, girls, so I'm trying a new way to record story time for you. So this is in podcast form, so let's see how it goes. I'll be reading the next chapter of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Let's see, let's see. Here here it is. Chapter 5. Advice from a Caterpillar The caterpillar and Alice looked at each other for some time in silence. At last, the caterpillar took the hookah out of its mouth and addressed her in a languid, sleepy voice. Who are you? said the caterpillar. This was not an encouraging opening for a conversation. Alice replied, rather shyly. I I hardly know, sir. Just at present, at least I know who I was when I got up this morning, but I think I must have been changed several times since then. What do you mean by that? said the caterpillar, sternly. Explain yourself. I can't explain myself, I'm afraid, sir, said Alice, because... I'm not myself, you see. I don't see, said the caterpillar. I'm afraid I can't put it more clearly, Alice replied, very politely. For I can't understand it myself to begin with, and being so many different sizes in a day is very confusing. It isn't, said the caterpillar. Well, Perhaps you haven't found it so yet, said Alice. But when you have to turn into a chrysalis, you will someday, you know. And then after that, into a butterfly. I should think you will feel it a little queer, won't you? Not a bit, said the caterpillar. Well, perhaps your feelings may be different, said Alice. All I know is it would feel very queer to me. You? said the caterpillar contemptuously who are you which brought them back again to the beginning of the conversation alice felt a little irritated at the caterpillar's making such a very short, short such very short remarks and she drew herself up and said very gravely i think you ought to tell me who you are first why said the caterpillar <laughs> Here was another puzzling question, and as Alice could not think of any good reason, <laughs> this is fun, and as the caterpillar seemed to be in a very unpleasant state of mind, she turned away. Come back! The caterpillar called after her, called after her. I have something important to say. This sounded promising. Certainly. Alice turned and came back again. Keep your temper, said the caterpillar. Is that all, said Alice, swallowing down her anger as well as she could. No, said the caterpillar. Alice thought she might as well wait, as she had nothing else to do. And perhaps, after all, it might tell her something worth hearing. For some minutes it puffed away without speaking. But at last... It unfolded its arms, took the hookah out of its mouth again, and said, So you think you've changed, do you? No. So you think you are changed, do you? I'm afraid I am, sir, said Alice. I can't remember things as I used, and I don't keep the same size for ten minutes together. Can't remember what things, said the caterpillar. Well, I've tried to say how doff the little busy bee, but it all came different. Alice replied in a very melancholy voice. Repeat, you are old, Father William, said the caterpillar. Okay, so now we have another poem that if I remember correctly, Alice will remember incorrectly. So let's see, so she's going to recite this poem, which we don't know, I suppose. Repeat, you are old, Father William, said the caterpillar. Alice folded her hands and began. Okay, so before reading her version, let's find the original one on the internet. You are old, Father William. Let's see, you are old, Father William. You are Old Father William. Here. Is this the original? Hmm. Weird. The internet says it's a poem by Lewis Carroll. So I wonder if there is an original. Of the little busy bee, of the little crocodile, the caterpillar asks her to repeat, you are old, Father William, and she recites. Providence. Like most poems in Alice, the poem is a parody of a poem then well known to children. Okay, there's another one. There's an original one. Of Robert Southey's didactic poem, The Old Man's Comforts and How He Gained Them. Okay, so that's the original one. Mostly forgotten, only the parody is, re- unremem- is remembered. Yeah, that's funny what happened. This poem was famous back then, and now it's not famous anymore at all, and the only reason why people know about it or care that it existed at all is because Lewis Carroll made a joke of it in his famous book. So That's interesting. Let's see if we can find the original here on Wikipedia. Let's see. The old man's comforts and how he gained them. What? it didn't quite work. Let's try again. Here, the old man's comforts and how he gained them. Okay. Is the original? Yes. Okay, girls, so I'm going to read the original. You are old, Father William, the young man cried. The few locks which are left, you are gray. Locks, these are locks of hair. So he's saying that his hair is gray. You are old, Father William, the young man cried. The few locks which are left, you are gray. Oh, they also, also the man is balding because the few locks which are left, so the few locks of hair, you have left, so he's going bald, and the little hair he still has is now gray. You are old, Father William, the young man cried. The few locks which are left, you are gray. You are hale, Father William, a hearty old man. Now tell me the reason I pray. In the days of my youth, Father William replied, I remember that youth would fly fast and abused not my health and my vigor at first, that I never might need them at last. You are old, Father William, the young man cried, and pleasure, pleasures with youth pass away, and yet you lament not the days that are gone. Not Now tell me the reason I pray. In the days of my youth, Father William replied, I remembered that youth could not last. I thought of the future, whatever I did, that I never might grieve for the past. You are old, Father William, the young man cried, and life must be hastening away. You are cheerful and love to converse upon death. Now tell me the reason I pray. I am cheerful, young man, Father William replied. Let the cause thy attention engage. In the days of my youth, I remembered my God. And he hath not forgotten my forgotten my age. All right, so this is a poem about growing old. And it seems this Father William person has been wise and has grown old in wisdom. So let's see, point by point. You are old, Father William. The few locks which are left, you are gray. You are hey, oh Father William, a hearty old man. Now tell me the reason, I pray. So the first question is, how come... You are so healthy, hearty, so healthy. And Father William replies, In the days of my youth, I remembered that youth would fight fast and abused not my health and my vigor at first that I never might need them at last. So he says that when he was young and healthy, he did not abuse his health. So he didn't, he didn't drink too much. Or get fat, all sorts of things that would um, get you sick, so that's his answer that when he was young and in good health by nature he didn't abuse his health, and that's why now that he's old he's still healthy. Second question is old father William and, ple- and pleasures with you pass away, so he says that For most people, he says that, well, he takes it as part of nature that after, when you grow older, you don't, you're not that, life is not that pleasurable anymore. And yet, you lament not the days that are gone. So, Father Williams, even though he's old, he's not always thinking about when he was young and lamenting that he now is old, that he is now old. So, he asks him, how come? How come? He replies, in the days of my youth, I remember that youth could not last. I thought of the future, whatever I did, that I never might grieve for the past. So, the reason why Father William is not always thinking about his youth and how sad it is that he's old or anything like that, is that when he was young, he enjoyed it for what it was, and always knowing that it wouldn't last too long. Okay. Next question is, You are old, Father William, and life must be hastening away. You are cheerful and love to converse upon death. Now tell me the reason I pray. So now, basically, the question is, how come you are not afraid of dying? How, came your, how come you're, you can talk about death? without a problem, without being bothered? And the answer is, I am cheerful, young man, Father William replied. Let a cause thy attention engage. In the days of my youth, I remembered my God, and he hath not forgotten my age. So he says, he says, basically, (sighs) he says, basically, that, He's not afraid to die because he's religious and he trusts God. So let's see what else we have here. Let's go back to the book. Okay, so that's the poem, the kind of serious, even though cheerful. It's a cheerful, but it's a serious poem. It's about something serious. It's about growing old and stuff. So let's see. So in the book, in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, it is understood that Alice knows the poem that it's, it's a famous poem that kids know. And so she knows the poem by heart. Everything that I just read, she would know, memorized. <sighs> the caterpillar is intrigued with uh, what she said, that she couldn't remember a, another very famous poem, How Doff the Little Busy Bee. She couldn't remember it properly. So the caterpillar asks her to, re, to now recite this other poem. Let's see what Alice comes up with. She, she recites. You are old, Father William, the young man said, and your hair has become very white. And yet you incessantly stand on your head. Do you think at your age it is right? So to stand on your head, on your head means to stand upside down. With your leg up and your, your, your head down. So, so, already we see that, we sense that this poem has gone crazy. Completely crazy. Completely um, much weirder than the original one. So, you are old, Father William, the young man said, and your hair has become very white. And yet, you incessantly stand on your head. Do you think at your age it is right? In my youth, Father William replied to his son, I feared it might injure the brain. But now that I'm perfectly sure I have none, why, I do it again and again. (laughs) Okay. So, you are old, said the youth, as I mentioned before, and have grown most uncommonly fat. Oh, so in this version, Father Williams is fat. Yet, you turn the back somersault in at the door, Pray, what is the reason of that? So a somersault, I'm not sure. You, you know, it's like it's like jumping, and spinning over yourself. What was a backflip or a front flip or something like that? I guess it's a front flip. I'm not sure. Anyway, so this version of Father Williams, as he walked in the door, he did a front flip. Uh, let me see from the picture here. It looks more like a backflip. I guess. I guess he's turning the wrong way. You are old, said the youth, as I mentioned before, and have grown most uncommonly fat. Yet you turn the back somersault. I guess it's a backflip. And you, uh, yet you turn the back somersault in at the door. Pray, what is the reason of that? In my youth, said the sage, as he shook his gray locks, I kept all my limbs very supple. By the use of this ointment. One shilling in the box, allow me to sell you a couple. You are old, said the youth, and your jaws are too weak for anything tougher than suit. Yet you finished the goose with the bones and the beak. Pray, how did you manage to do it? In my youth, said his father, I took to the law and argued each case with my wife. And the muscular strength which it gave to my jaw has lasted the rest of my life. Okay, so this person is capable of eating anything, even the beak of a... (laughs) When he eats a goose, he even eats the beak and all the bones. And he says that his mouth is so strong from arguing with his wife. Okay. <laughs> it's so crazy. Okay, next. You are old, said the youth. One would hardly suppose that your eye was as steady as ever. Yet you balanced an eel on the end of your nose. What made you so awfully clever? So an eel is like a snake, it's it's like a small snake in a fin. And it would be quite impossible to balance an eel on your nose. So if that's something that Father William can do, that's, that's insane, of course. So, I have answered three questions, and that is enough. Which is interesting, because I was actually thinking about this. Because the original poem only had three, point, three questions. And then as we entered the fourth in this parody, it occurred to me, what... This one goes longer than the original, so in the poem itself, for the rhythms, uh he makes mention of this, so i have I have answered three questions, and that is enough, said his father. Don't give yourself airs. do you think I can listen all day to such stuff? Be off, or I'll kick you downstairs. That's the end of it, okay <laughs> all right. So the caterpillar replies. That is not said right, said the caterpillar. Not quite right, I'm afraid, said Alice timidly. Some of the words have got altered. It is wrong from beginning to end, said the caterpillar decidedly. And there was silence for some minutes. The caterpillar was the first to speak. ''What size do you want to be?'' it asked. ''Oh, I'm not particular as to size,'' Alice hastily replied. ''Only one doesn't like changing so often, you know.'' ''I don't know,'' said the caterpillar. Alice said nothing. She had never been so much contradicted in her life before, and she felt that she was losing her temper. Are you content now, said the caterpillar. Well, I should like to be a little larger, sir, if you wouldn't mind, said Alice. Three inches is such a wretched height to be. Well, three inches, girls, would be like the size of a doll, one of your dolls. So, yeah, that's quite small. Oh, that's why the caterpillar... Oh, no, I get it. That's why the caterpillar... Oh, it looks about like like around her size. It's, it's, I thought in my mind it was like a giant caterpillar, but actually it's she's the one who's so small. the caterpillar looks okay. All right, let's keep going. Okay, three inches is such a wretched height to be. It is a very good height indeed. I think that's that's the height of the caterpillar. It is a very good height indeed, said the caterpillar angrily, rearing itself upright as it spoke. It was exactly three inches height, high. But I'm not used to it, pleaded poor Alice in a piteous tone. And she thought to herself, I wish the creatures wouldn't be so easily offended. You get used to it in time, said the caterpillar and it put the hookah into its mouth and began smoking again. This time, Alice waited patiently until it chose to speak again. In a minute or two, the caterpillar took the hookah out of its mouth and yawned once or twice and shook itself. Then it got down off the mushroom and crawled away in the grass, merely remarking as it went. One side will make you grow taller and the other side will make you grow shorter. One side of what? The other side of what? Thought Alice to herself. Of the mushroom, said the caterpillar, just as if she had asked it aloud. And in another moment, it was out of sight. So the caterpillar disappeared. Out of sight means out of what you can see. Alice remained looking thoughtfully at the mushroom for a minute, trying to make out which were the two sides of it. And, as it was perfectly round, she found this a very difficult question. However, at last, she stretched her arms round round it as far as they would go and broke off a bit of the edge with each hand. And how... Which is which, and now which is which, she said to herself, and nibbled a little of the right head bit to try the effect. The next moment, she felt a violent blow underneath her chin. It had struck her foot. Her chin had struck her foot. I guess she grew smaller. She was a good deal frightened by this very sudden change, but she felt that there was no time to be lost. "'as she was shrinking rapidly. "'So she set to work at once "'to eat some of the other bit. "'Her chin was pressed so closely against her foot "'that there was hardly room to open her mouth. "'But she did did it at last "'and managed to swallow a morsel of the left-hand bit. "'Come, my head's free at last,' "'said Alice in a tone of delight, "'which changed into alarm in another moment.' when she found that her shoulders were nowhere to be found. All she could see when she looked down was an immense length of neck. Oh, gosh. So her neck got really long, which seemed to rise like a stalk out of a sea of green leaves that lay far below her. What can all that green stuff be? Said Alice. And where have my shoulders, my shoulders got you? And, oh, my poor hands, how is it? I can't see you. She was moving them about as she spoke, but no result seemed to follow, except a little shaking among the distant green leaves. As there seemed to be no chance of getting her hands up to her head, she tried to get her head down to them, and was delighted to find that her neck would bend about easily in any direction, like a serpent. She had just succeeded in curving it down into a graceful zigzag and was going to dive in among the leaves, which she found to be nothing but the tops of the trees under which she had been wandering. When a sharp hiss made her draw back in a hurry. A large pigeon. Okay, so. So her neck got really long. I guess that means she got taller, but... Changing her body shape, that's not really how she wanted to grow taller. So, things are not going well. If, at least if I were to find myself with a really long neck as as tall as a tree, I wouldn't find that to be a very good development. So, let's see what happens next. As there seemed to be no chance of getting her hands up to her head, meaning she couldn't eat the other side of the mushroom or anything like that it could solve her problem. She tried to get her head down to them and was delighted to find that her neck would bend about easily in any direction, like a serpent. Okay, so her neck unlike ours, because our normal neck doesn't bend. If you were to bend your neck, you would die. So, But hers can bend, like a serpent. So she I guess she panted it down to her hands. She had just succeeded in curving it down into a graceful zigzag and was going to dive in among the leaves, which she found to be nothing but the tops of the trees under which she had been wandering, when a sharp hiss made her draw back in a hurry. A large pigeon had flown into her face and was beating her violently with its wings. Serpent! screamed the pigeon. I'm not a serpent said Alice indignantly. Let me alone. Serpent, I say again, repeated the pigeon, but in a more subdued tone and added with a kind of sob. I've tried every way and nothing seems to suit them. I haven't the least idea what you're talking about, said Alice. I've tried the roots of trees and I've tried banks and I've tried hedges, the pigeon went on without attending to her. But those serpents, there is no pleasing them. Alice was more and more puzzled, but she thought there was no use in saying anything more till the pigeon had finished. As if it wasn't trouble enough hatching the eggs, said the pigeon. But I must be on the lookout for serpents night and day. Why, I haven't had a wink of sleep these three weeks. I'm very sorry you've been annoyed, said Alice, who was beginning to see its meaning. And just as i would taken the highest tree in the wood, continued the pigeon, raising its voice to a shriek, and just as I was thinking I should be free of them at last, they must needs come wriggling down from the sky. Oh, serpent! ''But I'm not a serpent, I tell you,'' said Alice, ''I'm a... I'm a...'' ''Well, what are you?'' said the pigeon. ''I can see you're trying to invent something.'' (laughs) (laughs) ''I'm i a little girl,'' said Alice, rather doubtfully, as she remembered the number of changes she had gone through that day. ''A likely story indeed.'' said the pigeon in a tone of the deepest contempt. <laughs> I've seen a good many little girls in my time, but never one with such a neck as that. No, no, you're a serpent, and there's no use denying it. I suppose you'll be telling me next that you never tasted an egg. <laughs> I have tasted So again, Alice would be saying things that bother the animals. I have tasted eggs, certainly, said Alice, who was a very truthful, truthful child. But little girls eat eggs quite as much as serpents do, you know. I don't believe it, said the pigeon. But if they do, why? Then they're a kind of serpent. That's all I can say. This was such a new idea to Alice that she was quite silent for a minute or two which gave the pigeon the opportunity of adding, You're looking for eggs. I know that well enough. And what does it matter to me whether you're a little girl or a serpent? It matters a good deal to me, said Alice hastily. But I'm not looking for eggs, as it happens. And if I was, I shouldn't want yours. I don't like them at all. Well, be off then, said the pigeon in a sulky tone as it settled down again into its nest. Alice crouched down among the trees as well as she could, for her neck kept getting entangled among the branches. And every now and then she had to stop and untwist it. After a while she remembered that she still held the pieces of mushroom in her hands, and she set to work very carefully, nibbling first at one and then at the other and growing sometimes taller and sometimes shorter until she had succeeded in bringing herself down to her usual height. All right. I guess Alice is now back at being the size of a little girl. It was so long since she had been anything near the right size that it felt quite strange at first, but she got used to it in a few minutes and began talking to herself as usual. Come there. There's half my, there's half my plan done now. How pl- puzzling all these changes are. I'm never sure what I'm going to be from one minute to another. However, I've got back to my right size. The next thing is to get into that beautiful garden. How is that to be done, I wonder. As she said this, she came suddenly upon, suddenly, suddenly upon a, an open place with a little house in it, about four feet high. Whoever lives there, thought Alice, it will never do to come upon them this size. Why? I should frighten them out of their wits. So she began nibbling at the right... Oh my gosh, no! Oh no! She was the, the right size, and now she's eating from the mushroom again. Oh no! Why? What's the reason? It was so long since she, since she had been anything near the right size. that It felt quite strange at first. But she got used to it in a few minutes and began talking to herself as usual. Okay, so what does she say? Come, there's half my plan done now. How puzzling. All, I don't, first of all, I don't remember what this pla- plan was. I don't know if you girls remember. I don't remember what the plan was. How puzzling all these changes are. I'm never sure. What i'm going to be from one minute to another however i've got back to my right size okay so <sighs> okay now you see the plan was to first to go back to to her size and the next thing is to get into that beautiful garden so there you go her plan is to get back to her size and then to get into the beautiful garden How is that to be done? I wonder. As she said this, she came suddenly upon an open place with a little house about four feet high. Okay. So she sees a little house. It's four feet high. That's like a dollhouse. And she is the size of a normal girl, so she wouldn't fit. Whoever lives there, thought Alice, it will never do to come upon them this size. So she can't get into the house, being the size of a little girl. So there you go. Again, she needs to change her size. Why, I should frighten them out of their wits. So she began nibbling at the right hand bit again and did not venture to go near the house till she had brought herself down to nine inches high. Well, nine inches high is a doll again, I suppose. There are dolls of different sizes. It's kind of doll-sized. That's the end of chapter five. Tomorrow we continue with chapter six. I hope this thing works because it's been half an hour recording. I love you very much, girls. And let's hope this works. Bye-bye.